Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 7th of September. India recorded 31,222 new COVID cases and 290 deaths in the last 24 hours. The infections on Tuesday are 9.8% lower than Monday's count. India's current recovery rate stands at 97.44%, while the daily positivity rate stands at 2.56%. Over 69 crore vaccines have been administered in the country so far. According to NDTV, India in August has administered more COVID vaccines than all the G7 nations combined. Virologist Kagandeep Kang told the World Health Organization that there are low chances of the third wave being as strong as the second wave. However, India will need its own data on whether to vaccinate children. According to PTI, Himachal Pradesh Chief Minister Jairam Thakur has claimed that the state will be fully vaccinated by November of this year. It is the first state to have inoculated all its eligible residents with the first dose. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 221 million people, claiming the lives of over 4.57 million. Speaking of the pandemic, in Pune's Kalevari, 30-year-old Anita Jadhav is unable to stop checking her phone. She constantly picks it up, hoping to find a message from a potential customer. Ever since Anita's husband Sudam died of COVID last year, she's been struggling to make ends meet. She now sells sarees and cakes from her home, earning a profit of around 4 to 500 a week to take care of herself and her two young daughters but anita is just one of the nearly 20000 covid widows in maharashtra barely managing two square meals a day and receiving no aid from the state government my colleague prateek goyal documented the stories of some of these women in parts of maharashtra who are facing the economic wrath that the catastrophic second wave of covid left behind in the state without any help from the administration you can read his report on newslaundry.com it is titled we live hand to mouth maharashtra's covid widows are desperate for government assistance these are the stories often missing from sections of the media the stories of real people and real issues but here at newslaundry our team of reporters tries to bring you unique factual and accurate news stories that matter and can hold power to account We can only do this because we are not funded by the government or private corporations but our subscribers who pay to power our coverage. So if you aren't a subscriber already, go to newslaundry.com today and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees only. In Kerala, 11 people have shown symptoms of the Nipah virus after coming into contact with a 12-year-old boy who died in Kodikore. of Nipah virus on September 5th. The 11 people include the boy's parents and relatives. According to the state's health minister Veena George, their condition is stable. She added that the boy's mother did have fever on Sunday night, but it has subsided now. Nipah virus is transferred from animals to humans. It causes fever and cold-like symptoms and quickly advances to encephalitis and inflammation of the brain and myocarditis or the inflammation of the heart. According to the health minister The government has identified 251 people who came in contact with the boy including 129 healthcare workers. 30 of these healthcare workers have been quarantined the Hindu reported though they are said to be stable. George said that the boy was taken to at least four healthcare institutions before he was admitted to a private hospital where he died which is why the majority of his contacts were healthcare workers. The districts of Kannur, Malappuram and Wayanad 
all of which share a border with Koikor, have been put on high alert by the Kerala government. The blood and swab samples of two goats who were unwell from the house of the boy were also collected by the government. The samples were sent to National Institute of High Security Animal Diseases in Bhopal for testing. According to the Indian Express, the centre has recommended five surveillance strategies to control the Nipah outbreak. A letter sent to Kerala Chief Secretary by the Union Health Secretary Rajesh Bhushan advises the state to boost hospitals and community-based surveillance, trace contacts, quarantine those symptomatic, observe the symptoms and create awareness. In Kashmir, People's Democratic Party President Mehbooba Mufti said today that she has been placed under house arrest. Mufti tweeted that the Jammu and Kashmir administration told her that the situation was far from normal in Kashmir. She added that this exposed the police's fake claims of normalcy. Mufti was reportedly leaving for a private function in Kulgam district when she came to know about the house arrest. NDTV reported, however, that the police denied Mufti's claims, adding that Mufti was requested not to visit Kulgam for security reasons. Restrictions have been imposed across the Union territory after the death of separatist leader Syed Ali Shah Gilani on September 1. The curbs have been lifted in many areas of Kashmir, but they remain in parts of Srinagar. Kashmir Inspector General of Police Vijay Kumar said yesterday that mobile internet curbs were lifted in eight districts except in Srinagar and Budgam. In another update, amid allegations by Kashmir leaders that Gilani's last rites were not performed as per mandatory customs, the Jammu and Kashmir police yesterday released a series of videos on Twitter showing the last rites of Gilani. In one of the videos, a group of men can be seen performing the ceremonies. Other videos show funeral prayers being offered and the body being lowered into a grave near Gilani's home. Gilani's family had alleged that his body was taken away by the police and buried forcibly. Amid heavy rain, farmers in Haryana started marching towards Karnal today as a part of a call by the Samyukt Kisan Morcha to Gherao or surround the mini-secretariat. The protesters will march for 3.5 kilometres to the mini-secretariat to voice their demands. According to the Indian Express, heavy police deployment has been made on this route. The Karnal District Administration invited SKM leaders for talks as they gathered to start their protest march. Farmer leader Gurnam Singh Chaduni reiterated today that they will not indulge in any violence and protest peacefully. The Haryana government has also suspended mobile internet services in Karnal, Kurukshetra, Kethal, Jind and Panipat districts from 12am Tuesday for 24 hours, citing the law and order situation. The Karnal Deputy Commissioner has issued prohibitory orders under Section 144 of the CRPC, which prohibits the assembly of five or more people. On August 28, the Haryana police had Lati charged a group of farmers that was protesting against the farm laws. Around 1,152 academicians, writers, actors and students from India have petitioned the Delhi University to restore the works of Tamil Dalit writers Bama Fastina Susairaj and Sukirta Rani and Bengali author Mahasweta Devi to its syllabus. The petition that included signatories such as Arundhati Roy, Vikram Chandra, Ramchandra Gruha, Romila Thapar, Nandita Das, Shabana Azmi and Sharmila Tagore was submitted to the Delhi University Vice-Chancellor P.C. Joshi that demanded the institution to reconsider its decision. According to the group, 
removing their works from the university's English course was a shocking display of prejudice against literary representation, gender, Dalit and Adivasi oppression, and resistance in decolonized India. The university in August had dropped three texts, Devi's short story Draupadi, Sukirtha Rani's My Body, and Susai Raj's Sangati from its BA Honours English course. The group criticised National Democratic Teachers Front, a right-wing teachers' association, for its stance on the changes to the syllabus. The teachers' association had said last week that leftist ideology should not be allowed to dictate university syllabus. On its part, the university stated that three texts showed the Indian Army in a bad light and included violent sexual content and that the courses should comprise materials that don't hurt any sentiments. Reuters reported that Taliban gunmen fired in the air today in Kabul to scatter protesters. Video footage showed scores of people running to escape the gunfire, although there were no immediate injuries reported. Hundreds of people were heard shouting slogans like Long Live the Resistance and Death to Pakistan as they marched in the streets to protest against the Taliban and what they called interference in Afghanistan's affairs by neighbouring Pakistan. The US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said that the United States was in contact with about 100 Americans who were left behind in Afghanistan and was working to make sure that charter flights leave safely. In the weeks before the last US troops completed their withdrawal from Kabul, US-led foreign forces evacuated about 124,000 foreigners and at-risk Afghans, but tens of thousands who feared Taliban retribution were left behind. United Nations human rights monitors have condemned the new anti-abortion law in Texas, which they say violates international law by denying women control over their own bodies and endangering their lives. The Guardian quoted Melissa Apretti, the chair of the UN's Working Group on Discrimination Against Women and Girls, as saying that the law, SB 8, is structural sex and gender-based discrimination at its worst. She warned that the legislation which bans abortions at about six weeks could activate underground abortion providers and drive women to seek unsafe procedures that could prove fatal. Last week, the US Supreme Court's right-wing majority gave the law a green signal, despite the provision's disregard for the court's own 1973 ruling legalizing abortion. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.